Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's clap unto the Lord this morning. I don't hear you. Come on, let's clap unto the Lord. Come on, will you stand with us? The Bible says we need to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I don't feel like we're giving him thanks. Come on, let's praise him. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We welcome each and every one of you for just being a part of Christ Center Church this morning. From far and from near online family, we welcome you. Hallelujah. We are here to magnify the name of Jesus. Glory to your name. Come on. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's clap your hands. Let's praise him. We worship your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Who's here to give the Lord honor and praise? Who is thankful that he woke you up? We're not somewhere in a ditch, but we are here worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody ready to send up a praise this morning? Can we put our hands together in this place? We bless your name, Jesus. There is no one like you, Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God. Born of His Spirit, oh, I'm washing His blood. Oh, I can't stop singing. Everybody clap your hands. Sing blessed assurance. Sing Jesus is mine. If you know the words, I was singing this morning. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Sing hair of salvation. I'm purchased of God. Born up, born up his spirit. Oh, I'm washing his blood. Oh, that I can't stop singing. Oh, this freedom song. Oh, all the day long, you say. I got a song, 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 I got a song,
Worship the Lord. Let's put our hands together in the beauty of holiness. Let's give God the high praise today. I see you clapping. Now open your mouths. Let's worship the Lord with our opening of our lips. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. For the Lord is good. His mercies are everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. We give God thanks for being here at Christ in the church. I may be sounding loud in the microphone, but that's enough that you can get broad praise because we're here to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. And the key thing is we are to serve the Lord with what? Gladness. And I'm a happy person because I'm amongst great people because we have the vision and the future in front of us, saints of God. If you could just see by standing in, in this point of advantage to see what's out there, Saints of God, eyes have not seen nor ears have heard what the Lord has prepared for this church. And I believe that God has called us for such a time as this in these last and closing days to bring revival in Hamilton, to bring revival in Mercer County, to bring revival in New Jersey, and to reach the uttermost part, even as, as many as the Lord our God shall call. We're going to pray today that God will bless us in this service, touch our loved ones, those who need special needs of prayer, those who are not well, we're praying for Brother Crooks right now for his healing. We're praying for those who are watching from near and far online. We appreciate you. You are our family. We thank you for tuning in because you are faithful. Brother Brantley, we see you. We see everyone else that is out there on cyberspace and those who are watching later. We thank you. Let's pray. Leave God for them today, saints of God. If we can all stand and pray, believing that God will touch us. Touch the man of God. Touch the word of God. Touch those who will be ministering to us, our praise team, that the Lord will touch someone and they will hear and receive the word of God by faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this morning, this evening, or this opportunity 
that you have blessed us to see. God, we thank you for another opportunity coming to your house, giving you wonderful and magnificent praise to you. Father, you are our God. You are our King. We're praying that you touch the lives of those who are here. Touch my brother and my sister. Oh God, we pray that we come together as one, being on one accord. The scripture says, and on the day of Pentecost, which fully come, they're all on one accord in one place. Let there be a sound from heaven come as a rushing mighty wind. Let it fill all the house they are sitting. And let those who need the Holy Ghost receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're praying for healing for Brother Crooks right now. We're praying for restoration of his body. We're praying for the restoration of the mind of those who are sick. Those who are needing a touch from God. Touch our online congregation. Bless them. Use them for your glory. Look God, inspire them to do the will of God. And even inspire us to serve you. And to win the loss for Jesus Christ. We're asking your blessings and your favor upon this service. Anoint afresh upon the man of God. Anoint afresh upon the praise team that they will minister as the Holy Ghost will lead them. Father, your kingdom is come. We pray that you'll bring revival in Hamilton, revival in New Jersey, in your central Jersey district. We pray that God will manifest himself in this season. We thank you. Let's indicate to worship God with the clapping of our hands. Let's open our mouths unto the Lord. And let's continue to worship and praise the Lord today, for this is the day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're the center of it all. Can we sing, sing Jesus be the center of my life? Jesus be the center of my life. Jesus be the center of my life. See, from beginning to the end. Will always, it's always been you. It's still you, Jesus. Sing, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, with nothing, nothing else. Nothing in this world will do. 
be the center of my finances. Make it personal this morning. It revolves around you, Jesus. It revolves around you, Jesus. about you, Jesus. Will you be my light when I cannot see? When I can't take another step, Lord, would you carry me? When I've lost my fight, will you be my strength? Will you set me a table in the presence of my enemies? I shall not want. I shall not want. Oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not want. And I will lift my eyes to where my help comes from. And I won't be afraid of the shadow, cause I've seen the sun. 
No, I will not stop when the way gets hard. Cause the green only grows in the valley and that's where you say, I shall not want. I shall not want. Oh, my soul, oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Yeah. I shall not want. Cause my cup's running over. Cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not want. Oh, yeah. Your goodness and your mercy. I've got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy. Y'all see. I got, I got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy. I got goodness and I got mercy. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I got goodness. I got goodness, and I got mercy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Say, I got goodness. I got goodness, and I got mercy. Say, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Sing the good shepherd, the, the good, good shepherd, and lead me to the water. Lead me to the water. Say hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Take it up. Hey, he anoints me, anoints me with his oil. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Sing down my cup. Is Is running over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. See, I won't fear. I won't fear. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. See, I will dwell in his house forever. His house forever. See, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah, hallelujah. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. I got a song to sing. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, hallelujah. Life is over. Gonna live again. Gonna trade this cross for a crown. No, this is not the end. When you call my name, I will take my rest. There's 
a mansion in glory, and you're going to meet me there. I shall not want. I shall not want. He will wipe every tear from my eyes. I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. I'll be home in this presence forever. I shall not want. For the Lord is my shepherd in the valley. For the Lord is my shepherd when I'm lacking. For the Lord is my shepherd. Now I shall not want. I got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy is following. I got everything that I need. Your goodness. Your goodness and your mercy is following me. I got everything that I need. Your goodness. Your goodness and your mercy. Got got everything that I need. Your goodness, your goodness and your mercy is following me. Got everything that I need. Your goodness, your goodness and your mercy is following me. I got goodness and I got mercy. Hallelujah. When you don't have anything. To say you got your goodness, you got your mercy. Hallelujah! Sing, I got goodness, I got goodness, and I got mercy. Hallelujah! 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 I got goodness, I got goodness, and I got mercy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I got everything that I your goodness and your mercy following me. I've got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy following me. i got everything that I need. Oh, hallelujah. Your goodness and your mercy Thank you, Jesus. following hallelujah. me. Hallelujah. Got everything that I need. Thank you, Jesus. Your goodness and your mercy Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, I've got goodness. And I've got mercy. Hallelujah. I give my whole being to Jehovah this morning. Hallelujah. I've got everything that I need. Hallelujah. 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 It's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. One more time, another round of applause for the Lord this morning. 
We love you, Jesus. We adore you, Lord God. We give you glory and honor. Amen, 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 amen. The Lord bless you. Amen. If you can, you can be seated if you can for a few minutes. Amen. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone in the house of God this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. Amen. We thank you for joining us in worship this morning. We thank everyone for being here to praise and to magnify the Lord with us this morning. We are serving an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. Amen. And we are so glad that we are in the position to praise Him. There is a lot of people who like this privilege that we have and they truly don't have the privilege that we do after praising. So we're going to take advantage of it while we can and while we have a chance. Don't sit back on your praise. Don't just sit back and be cool. There's a lot of people who like to be where you are today, and they're not able to be there. Enjoy the presence of God, continue to praise Him. Because when the praises go up, the blessing comes down. Hallelujah. I've got everything that I need. Oh my God, I feel good in the house of God this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His only name. It was nothing good that we have done, but because of His love, because of His mercies, because of His grace. Oh my God, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Oh, have your way in this place this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You know, you know, sometimes our bodies are not able to keep up sometimes because of the pain that we go through in our bodies. I remember this morning I was sleeping and I was turning. I was like, uh. I'm telling my wife, oh, she said, you okay? I'm like, uh. I got pain, but I'm not going to let that stop me from praising the Lord, if you know what I mean. Amen. I'm not going to let any aches or pain. Amen. While I have a chance and I'm here in the house of God, I'm going to praise Him anyhow. Truly, God is worthy to be praised. Amen. Just want to make one quick announcement and then I'll get out of the way and continue to move on with our service. Right after church today, for those brothers, if you're Hebrew, if you're available, we need a few brothers to help us. We have the dumpster at the uh, new church we're trying to clean out. It's kind of overstocked a little bit. The guys them are coming to empty tomorrow morning or pick it up tomorrow morning. And if it's overflow, they're not going to take it. So we want them to come by and get it up. So if you're able to stop by and help us to clean out some of the stuff out of the dumpster, we greatly appreciate if you're able to. If you can, we understand. But those of you that are, you know, able to, um, I brought my change of clothes. Uh, I know I sent a message out yesterday. I don't know how many brothers were able to do. But if you're able to, we'll greatly um, welcome you to come and join us. Just for probably an hour or so, just need to get it out, pack it up on the curb. And then we're supposed to get a bigger dumpster. We're going to try to clean everything else out and load it up. So God is doing something, church. Um, you know, and again, on the other note, you know, I, I want to commend all, you know, uh, our family that are here, you know, for, you know, we've got great people in this congregation. We have men and women, you know, that sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And we want to say thanks on the behalf of our pastor for your sacrifice to make your home what it is. Amen. This is all of us home. This is not about one person's home. This is all of us home. And it's going to prepare a bigger place for us. He has a bigger place for us. And man, oh my God, for those of you that have not yet come into the building, would like to also 
you know, invite you to come on and see what is yours. Amen. Because what God has for us is for us. Amen. Uh, man, you're going to come around, you know, I, saw, I know some of us going to be crying. Some of us going to smiling. You're going to have plenty of room to run around. You're just going to be worshiping all day. I just can't stop. We're going to have church probably going for all day and just can't stop. Because when we think of his goodness and what he has done for us, you know, we're just going to keep marching. We're just going to keep dancing. Amen. This is just a page of what is yet to come. Amen. I already feel it in my soul. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the things of God. Uh, you know, when God done something great for me, I'm going to put it out there because he has done so much for us. And I'm not letting the Lord going to bless me and I'm going to sit quiet. I mean, he's been blessing so, blessing us so much. And I'm so grateful that I'm a part of what God is doing and that we all, all are part of what God is doing. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord with us. Amen. Amen. God is truly great. And we uh, thank him for being so good to us. Um, Brother Bradley, come on up. We're going to have you get ready for our offering. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody, again. Come on, put your, put your hands together one more time in the presence of the Lord. It is offering time. It is offering time. Let's put our hands together again one more time for offering time. This is a part of our worship that we will give unto the Lord and to his kingdom. And we want to yet understand that where we are going and what we are doing, it's, to, it's all about the kingdom of God being magnified through us. And we are the hands and feet of God. And we we're going to continue and pursue that by his strength and by his power. Of course, the ways of giving you can see on your screen and those who are watching. We're ready for those who are watching who feel the benevolence in their heart to give to this great work that we are yet yet still continuing to sow into. And we're believing that the fruit and the harvest is yet, it is here. It's, I believe it's quite, the fields are white and are ready to, to be ripened, ready to be picked and harvested in this time. And we all can stand to our feet, of course, if you are given to reach. Uh, our envelopes are available by our ushers and those who are given electronically. Of course, we have our station where we are going to give electronically. But of course, our tithe and offering is very important as we continue to get the fulfilling of what the scripture requires us to give unto the Lord a tenth of our earnings. Of course, we are here to pray today's service and for today's offering that there will be a blessing unto us. And if you have it, if you hold up to your hand, hold up by your hand, right hand, our giving we're going to pray a blessing upon it today father in the mighty name of jesus we give you thanks this day we thank you for what you've done we thank you for the giving that you will give unto your people that god that they will give them the inspiration to give look unto your kingdom look God, whether it be by reason whether it be by our tithe and offering and our regular offering we're praying that god you will continue to give look God, things to us that we may give to your kingdom Lord God, not out of demand, but because of the resources we know that we want to fulfill your agenda. You're fulfilling your kingdom in the, in the lives of your people. Those who we haven't touched, those we haven't reached. God, it's to sow into that, oh God, purpose. Lord God, we are doing this for your kingdom to be established in us. We pray your blessing upon those who are giving and those who do not have to give. And we ask you for a willingness to give a second time and a third time whatever the desire is we pray your blessings upon your people in jesus mighty name we all say amen in jesus name and our brother scarlet will come to minister in prayer
Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. Come on, and praise is what we do, then let's do it. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The presence of the Lord is certainly in this place. I'm just so excited and grateful for all that the Lord is doing. Amen. I want to echo some of what Brother Scarlett said about just um, all of you that have just been tremendous, um, sacrificial giving in every way that you can, and um, allowing God to work in you and through you that we can get to the place where we are today. I did not say this at 10 a.m., but I will say it at this service. We're shooting for our first church service to be in our new place March the 12th. It could be before then, but I hope it will be no later than March 12th. That's um, the second Sunday in March, um, and we are just looking forward to it. It's so many reasons why we're looking forward to it, um, because I thank all of you that have sacrificed for over eight years preparing this place where we are every week, preparing, preparing, preparing that we can um, do what God has called us to do in his kingdom. And so um, you're getting ready to get a relief in a little bit that you don't have to flip the place every week and all the different things that you do. And so I thank God for that. I thank God for the privilege to be able to, uh, we can bring in our families and friends and, and not have to worry about space. It's just so much um, that God has blessed us with, and I thank God for that. Thank God for all of your sacrifice, all of your giving. And um, one of the things I promise that I will do is as we continue to, um, you know, allow the Lord to work in us and through us when we get into the building, um, I want to make sure every person that had anything to do with um, us being where we are, that they get recognized in some way, shape, or form. I know there's some that will preach for us. There's some that will be with us. And, but I just want to make sure everyone knows how much I am grateful and how much we're all grateful of your contribution to get us to where we are. We know it wasn't uh, just us. It was so many people that God has worked through and God has Send to bless us and help us. Church in the day has been tremendous. Brother Long and his team. And I don't know what to say about those guys. All I know is more than church in the day, they've left us, left us, left their imprint on what it's like to be a giver as a Christian. That's probably, church in the day is wonderful and we know how tremendous it is. But I think the biggest thing that they've left for me is how it's just so worthwhile to just um, be such a giver to others. Um, you know, between Randy and Brother Long and Jason, they're not hurting for anything. Material things is just not a big thing to them because they have it in abundance and not because they seek that abundance of material things, but just because their spirit of giving. I mean, I turn over the other day, I was just sitting and we're talking and Brother Long said, hey, just um, have the church write me a letter for a donation of almost a thousand dollars. Said, well, that's more. He said, I ah, don't worry about. It. I bought some stuff, and it's just been like that the whole time. We need a scissors lift. He said, Hey, I'll give you some money so you can rent the scissors lift. And they just give stuff away, never expected anything. They're just giving stuff and giving. And so they have come in the Church in the Day program that our organization um, is responsible for, but they have gone beyond that. What they do, I mean. 
they drive 10 hours from Indiana every time they come with their trucks loaded with tools and they, they bring material and they drive down on a Thursday and they go back on a Saturday to have church Sunday morning. I mean, I can't say enough um, of them and um, uh, continue to keep them in your prayer. They're just wonderful men. And so they'll come down when we do our building dedication and they'll bring their wives. And so we're going to have a good time as we continue to just enjoy what God is doing and what um, he has blessed us with. So March 12th is our date that we're shooting for. Come today. We, we're always there. Who said that? To, I was talking to Brother Long Thursday. He's like, hey, bro, after um, can you come to the, the, the building and let us in about, I think it was 9 o'clock at night. Like, bro, every church service, we leave here and go to the building. Uh, so in case you don't know, <laughs> we will leave Bible study on Thursday nights and we'll just go to the building and hang out. We will leave morning service like we will today and we'll go to the building and hang out because it's our place. And so why not? And we always can find something to do in it. And so we're good. Um, Brother Roger um, from Brother McFarland's church, um, he owns his own um, flooring company. And the other day he passed by the ladies' room and he says, hey, bro, um, I can do the ladies' room over for you. I said, well, uh, we weren't thinking about doing that. That's going to cost us some money and we can probably allocate the money someplace else. And he's like, no, 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 I'll do it. And so he just, okay, I said, okay. <laughs> and so he went ahead and got the tile laid the tile, um, then he started looking around and says, ah, your mirror don't look too good. Let me get another mirror. See, he got a mirror. He put the mirror up. Then he says, the sink, they're old. Let me just get, and before you know it, the whole bathroom is redone. <laughs> so that's just the goodness of God, the favor of God, and, you know, I tell you, and um, God has just been good, and so I hope we, as God's people, will use this as an example of how we give. Like, we don't even sweat the small stuff. Just, just give. Just trust me. It's not about anything other than just being a blessing to someone else. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we just need to give and not worry about it. Sometimes we're holding on to our stuff and later on realize, I really didn't do anything. You know, I held on to that thing the whole time and I didn't do anything with it. Just give. And the craziest thing about giving, you will have abundance. And so you'll have to keep on giving because you'll have too much to keep for yourself. So God has been good. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray. Um, Sister Aisha just told me that my good buddy, um, um, Brother Paul Brantley, is not doing as well as we expected. Um, I spoke to him last week, and we chatted up and laughed it up, and I expected him to be home Saturday, and, and she's telling me he's not home, and that made me mad. So um, we got to pray for Paul Brantley because he's in the hospital and he's not doing the way we would like for him to do. And, you know, this, this just come against whatever sickness that is in his body, um, that God can touch him and heal him and bring him home. And we want him to come home and pray for Josiah. Josiah, um, got injured. As you know, he plays basketball in college and, um, I don't know if it was Achilles. I don't know what it was, but he, um, Strain and MCL. Well, they're all in, you know, all of those things, you know, you know, that's some of the worst thing that can happen to you, especially in college. You know, you in the NBA is no big deal. They got to fix you up and make you brand new and you still play. But in college, you only have a certain amount of time in college. And depending on when it happens, you know, depending on what year and all of that stuff. So I know he's probably very disappointed, probably upset and, um, you know, want to play and can't play. So pray that God would touch Josiah's body and heal him. So let's pray for Josiah and Paul Brantley.
Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we touch and agree, asking, Lord God, for what only you can do. Lord, the doctors can give their diagnosis. The doctors, Lord God, can do what they can. But, Lord, when the doctors cannot do anymore, we know that you can do exceeding and abundant and above whatever we may ask or think. And so, Lord, we are touching and agreeing and asking that you would touch Paul Brantley from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. I pray and come against every sickness and disease in his body. I pray, Almighty God, that you'll eradicate every ailment, every sickness, every disease, and that you'll set his body free, Lord God, from anything that is poisonous, anything that will make him ill, Lord God. Will you set him free, Lord God? Will you loose him, Lord God? And that by your stripe he will be healed, Lord God, and be whole, Lord God, from the crown of his head to the soul of his feet. Touch his mind, Lord God. Touch his body, almighty God. I pray healing, Lord God. Miraculous healing. Oh, God, have your way in him, Lord God. Oh, I pray healing and wholeness for Paul Brantley in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for Josiah that he will be encouraged even now, Lord God, that you will encourage him. Allow him to understand that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them were called according to his purpose. Help him, Lord God, to see what you're doing, Lord God. Touch his body and let healing flow. Give him strength, Lord God. Oh, Father, have your way in him. And by your stripe, Lord, he will be healed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Let it be so, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's thank the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Remain standing and turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We will go to verse... We'll start in verse 5. Hallelujah. Amen. I appreciate all of you being here this morning. Amen. Look forward to... Us being at four tennis court. Hallelujah. Four tennis court. Christ centered way in the future. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I had someone come in to see the property, guy that um, normally do work for us at the house, and he came to the building yesterday and he was just in awe. And he's a contractor and he just could not believe how beautiful the building looked and he's going on and on and on. And um, I'm, I said something, and he says, if, you're a preacher, why are you saying if? It will. And so I said to him, I said, I hear you, Dwight. I was just talking to you because I wasn't sure where you was with God. So I said, if, talking to you. I said, but Dwight, we've named this street Christ-centered way already, and we've already seen Iceland being our main sanctuary. So I'm not saying if for us. I'm saying if for you. <laughs> he started cracking up, but he was just happy to be there, so... We've, there's souls, so many people, you know, sometimes, can I be transparent here with you? Sometimes, uh, people that are not Christians need to know, uh, where God is working and where the truth is and, 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 and kind of know that it's real because they hear so many different things and so many people have been hurt in so many ways. And so they don't know where to go. They don't know 
who to trust and what's, you know, what's right or what's not right because they don't know God. And so sometimes, you know, God has to do some things for some people to realize it. And I really believe that what God has done in this church and is continuing to do in this church will help some people realize that we are preaching the truth. We are living the right way. We are serving God and that they can trust that if they want to live for God and they want to get to heaven and they want to see their life change, that if they come and be a part of this church, they will experience that. So I hope, if nothing else, that what God has done to allow us to continue to uh, expand the kingdom through giving us this property. I, I, if nothing else, I hope people will see that, well, God is working in that church. And so if I want to get my life right, I can go to that church. If nothing else, and I pray to God, keep that in your prayer as we continue to go, that people will be convinced and know that's where I need to be. Because so many people are on the fence. So many people are not sure. So many people are trying to figure out how to get their life together. They don't know where to go. There's so many things that they hear. And, you know, they just want some some people are just so sincere, just wanting the truth. They want honesty. They want to know where's right. And 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 that's why they're no place, because they just can't dis, distinguish that yet. You know, and so maybe God can allow us to be that vessel uh, that they will be able to say, all right. Um, and we're not going to pretend to be perfect. We're not going to pretend that we have it all together. But what we will make people know is that we preach truth. We live out the word of God with everything that we've got and that we're going to stand for the things of God and we're going to keep on going. And we're not going to always do and say what's popular, but we will do and say what's in the scripture. And, you know, folks can decide what they want to do with it. Um, we will not get upset with anyone because one thing that you got to realize, too, is it's not easy to break habits. It's not easy to uh, break traditions. And so a lot of times we think that because we have truth and, you know, we know certain things that, you know, we can do things. No, God has to work on people's heart. And so we preach God's word. We declare God's word and God work on people's heart. But I believe that God is working uh, for the past couple of weeks. Um, God has given me some instructions on what to preach to this church. And it's not until after sometime that you realize that, wow, God, it was really you that gave me that word to preach because you get to understand some things later on that transpire. And I believe the past two weeks and today, God has given me specific word for our congregation. And understand this, God knows who will be coming to church on any given day. I don't know that. I have no clue. Amen. I remember when we first started this church. Oh, man. I always will remember this, Brother Cal. When we started this church and we started, um, I don't know if it was Bible study. It probably was Bible study. We probably didn't even get to church service yet. On Thursdays at, at 7 o'clock, I would come in. I would pray. The room would be ready. And I would go stand in the, the glass door right there in the front. Anybody going to come? I wonder who's going to come. And then when you see somebody drive by, then you walk back up like, all right, somebody's coming. And, you know, you come in and you pray and prepare yourself and you go. You never, you, you don't know. So we don't know who's going to come. So when God gives us a word, we have to go with that word because God knows who is coming. And God is not going to have you come and not give you anything. God don't have you come to his house and not give you anything. So the word that you will hear this morning, God is giving that to you. Because he knew you would be here. And he wanted to speak to your heart. So he's going to give you what you need. Philippians chapter 2. Um, I, I, Brother Tom, I was told that Joshua is um, listening to us today live stream. 
I wish he was here with us. Joshua was a builder, and he always wanted to be a part of helping to build the church. And so, Joshua, when you come this way, I'm sure there's something you will be able to build when you come. But the church is going good. The building is going good. We're glad you can join us on the live stream. And for all of uh, our, our congregation online, we love you. We're glad that you are so faithful in joining us every week and being a part of Christ-centered church. We thank God for that. I heard my, my other son, Richard, is also listening. He, he texted his brother, so he must be um, listening as well or watching as well, and so I'm glad for that. I love my children, and I appreciate them. Amen. Amen. Philippians 2 and 5, the scripture says in verse number 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. So the Bible says Jesus Christ made himself equal to God and thought it was okay. Now, you know what's interesting about that? In Isaiah 14 and 14, some other person tried to do that. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Somebody else tried to be like the most high. What happened to that person that tried to be like the most high? Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So yet one that tried to be like Jesus just thought that he could be like Jesus. No. But Jesus Christ says, I'm equal to God. Why wouldn't he cut down? Isaiah 46 and 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none. So why is Jesus saying he's like God? Why is Jesus saying he's like God, and he didn't get cut down like Lucifer was cut down? Pretty, pretty clear. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is God, and that's why he can say I'm equal to God. Let me tell you this. Don't get confused. I said this in this morning's service. These are very important things that we have to hold on to as the children of God. Don't be confused when you read your Bible and it talks about Jesus being the son of God and God the father. And just just don't get confused with that. Here is the explanation you need to have for when the Bible distinguished God and Jesus as separate. Here is what you need to understand. All that God is doing, he is letting us know what it is supposed to be, the order, how mankind, us as people, are supposed to relate to God. That's all it really is. He distinguishes and differentiates himself sometimes when he says father and son because he wants us to understand the distinction between us and God. When he became man, he had to live the life of a man. And so he did not rig the system, so to speak. He lived just like man. Here is a secret. Because if he didn't, he couldn't be a just God. He couldn't judge us justly. If he'd have rigged it and tried to pass himself off as the almighty while he was God in the flesh, 
and start doing God things. If you look at just look at Jesus's life and see if he did anything different than what a man does. So he lived his life as a man, as our example. And so we don't have to look to each other as example. Can we? Sure we can. But we don't have to because we have the perfect example of a man that lived this life, walked this earth. And so when we need to look and say, what is our example? Jesus Christ is our example. So when he make the differentiation, when he says the fatherness, all he's trying to let us understand is that's what we're supposed to do. That's how we're supposed to relate. So he related when he says father as a man. Why did he pray? Because he was in the flesh. He, He would be illegal. If he was in the flesh and didn't pray, he couldn't claim to be a man. I wish I can get it to you in the way I know it. He could not claim to be a Christian if he was in the flesh and he didn't pray. Why we need to pray. Why we need to pray, God, because you didn't pray when you were here. Why we need to get baptized, God, you didn't get baptized when you were here. I can go on and on and on. So he did all these things just because this is the way we're supposed to live. It's not because he had to. This was the way to make the way for us is the way to live as man. So we get it all confused and get all worked up because there's a differentiation that takes place in the Bible at times. But all he's trying to show us is as a human, this is how you relate. And I'm not going to circumvent the system because I'm God in the flesh. I'm still, and to me, that's probably some of the most impressive things that the the Lord has done. Because you know us, listen to me, parents, y'all know this. Don't ask me to explain that. I'm your father. I'm your mother. And what I say do, you do it. Do we do that all the time? Jesus didn't do that. He was the perfect example. Everything that he was doing, he was doing because that's what we were supposed to do as well. So he showed us the way. I hope that helps somebody this morning. So you don't get confused when the Bible talks about the father. Well, how is he saying the father? And and here we go. And you got the son. He's just trying to let you know as a human, this is how you're supposed to live. As a human, you're supposed to fast. As a human, you're supposed to pray. As human, you hurt when you lose loved ones. As human, you hunger. As human, you know, you got to get sleep. All of that. Because I can go the opposite and say, well, if, if, if he was really, you know, whatever they want to make him out to be, he wouldn't have to do all these things. But he lived as man. And he was an example the whole way. So now I'm back to Philippians 2. I'm down to verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself. All of these things, you know, Brother Isaiah, you're smart and you probably know this. I don't know. We really need the Holy Ghost because all of this stuff I'm reading in my mind, I'm reading it knowing that God is one. But there are people reading it that believe that God is three. And when they read it, believing that God is three to them, they're building their case and making their case that God is three. And it's unfortunate. 
he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven. I like this one. And things in the earth and things under the earth. Can I say this also? Why would God allow people to bow to Jesus in heaven? Why would he do that? I thought he was almighty God and he created everything. Why would he let anything bow to Jesus while he was the one? Say, say that's really true what some people are saying. If he God and he created Jesus, why would he allow people to bow to Jesus? He the creator. <laughs> so he said everything bow in heaven, in the earth, under the earth. So again, think about that. It's because he is God almighty. Every knee bow to him in heaven. Every That works. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Remember what I said? Christ means Messiah, the anointed one. Lord means God. So wherever you see Christ and Lord, it means God has become Lord. I mean, God has become the Messiah, the Savior. This is why, what is it called? Emmanuel, God with us. I can go on and on and on. Some of you might get it. Some might. Wherefore, this is my text here. My text comes from this verse. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I want to preach to you this morning on this topic. Work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Father, we thank you for your word. You've already blessed us. We're so grateful to be together as the family of God. Lord, as we, oh God, engage in the word this morning, allow us to have understanding, clarity that we can apply it, not just be hearers of it, but become doers as well. I pray that the spirit of the Lord will work miraculously in us, through us, that we can take something away from this service today and we can leave here changed. Just a little bit more like you. Have your way, Lord Jesus. We allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate and the power of God to be revealed. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for standing and reading. You may be seated. Mark Twain wrote, Few things are harder to put up with than the annoyance of a good example. I'm going to say that again. Few things are harder to put up with than the annoyance of a good example. I don't know how saved Mark Twain was or if he was even saved. <laughs> but God can use whoever he wants to say some things and you would never know. But that quote, few things are harder to put up with than the annoyance of a good example. They couldn't put up with Jesus. They stoned Jesus. They crucified Jesus. They talked about Jesus. Because he was the greatest example that man could ever have. But he didn't cower down. He didn't change. He didn't lower his standards because he was an annoyance to the people that he tried to be an example to. Children of God, saints of God, 
Stop lowering your standards because you don't want to be an annoyance to anybody. Many Christians have not embraced the completion of who they're supposed to be in God because they become a great example if they do. But when you become a great example, you will be an annoyance to others that don't want to do this thing. Others that are not doing this thing. And because you want to fit in and be accepted and not be an annoyance, you live lower than what God intended for you to live. And I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus did not worry about being an annoyance to those that did not want him to be an example to them. Jesus kept living that life according to the way he needed to live it. And whoever wanted to be annoyed, just be annoyed. I will also go as far as to tell you, living that exemplary life constantly before people will remind them of what they ought to be doing. When we don't show people what they ought to be doing, it's easy for them to forget what they ought to be doing. And so when we keep living this life, being a great example, godly example, whether we are annoying to them, we have to become comfortable in who we are in Christ Jesus. We cannot allow people to make us feel uncomfortable as to who we are as children of God. When you become uncomfortable, you lower your standards. You lower what God intended for you to be, and you don't apply the word of God like you're supposed to. Can I tell you this? When you start compromising with one portion of the word, you can start compromising with another portion of the word. You don't want to compromise any of the word of God. Because when you start compromising in one area, you'll compromise in another area. All it takes is for you to compromise in one area. I tell you all the time, which is what I do. So I'm telling you this. Call yourself out when you do wrong according to the word of God. Call yourself out and say, I'm dead wrong and I've sinned against God. Call yourself out. That will stop you from compromising. But, but doing wrong and compromising will cause you to compromise something else. Call yourself out. Judgment must first begin at. Call yourself out. It's okay. I preached some years ago, and the title of my message was Sin is Not Our Problem. When I, when I announced the title of this, uh, the, 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 the message, the pastor looked at me, the congregation looked at me, everybody was looking at me like, what in the world is he talking about? And what I meant by that was, when you have a remedy for something, it's not a problem. When you don't have a remedy for something, it is a problem. So if we didn't have the remedy for sin, we would have a big problem. But because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for sin, we have a remedy. So we don't have to hide and say, oh, you know, I really didn't do that. We don't have to make excuses. Call yourself out and go to God and repent. Sincerely turn away from it. But don't try to compromise because you did wrong. There's a remedy for sin. (laughs) Help us, Holy Ghost. Let me continue on, on this thought. Perhaps the thing most annoying about a good example is its inability to accomplish the same achievements in our own lives. So sometimes you see a good example of somebody just doing the do, and you're looking and you're saying, 
man, I think I can do that. And then when you try, you realize, man, I can't do it like them. Admiration for a great person can inspire us, but it cannot enable us. You can admire someone and that can inspire you, but it doesn't mean you can do what they do. Unless the person can enter into your own lives and share his or her skills, we cannot attain to his or her heights of accomplishment. It takes more than an example on the outside. It takes power on the inside to accomplish great things on the outside. (laughs) The Philippians Christians had always been obedient to the Lord and to his servant Paul. Even though Paul was no longer with them and might be unable to return to them, he wanted them to continue to obey the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, listen to me. Whatever we have learned in the word of God, we must continue to do it in obedience because they are not outdated. What you have learned in God's word when you first got saved, it's not outdated. What you have learned in the word of God from the time you started walking with God, it's not outdated. They don't get old and we don't need to improve upon them. So if you got saved in 1963 and they told you back then, holiness without which no man should see the Lord, you don't come up in 2023 and says, well, that was back then. You can't improve on God's word. God's word is not outdated. We have to realize he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he says, that's what he means. We can't improve upon it. The devil is trying his best to move you out of position and to prevent you from obtaining your salvation in Jesus Christ, and you don't know it. You're you're trying to be comfortable and you don't really realize that the devil is the one working in the background, trying to get you out of position, trying to get you to miss out on your salvation. And you think, yeah, I just need to do that. Why now you need to do it when it wasn't good for you to do it 10 years ago? Why do you think it's okay now when it wasn't okay 25 years ago? Why now do you think it's okay when it wasn't okay 40 years ago? What, God changed? God's words change? Oh, we can improve upon God's word now? I don't know if you knew this. We'll touch on this before we close out. Where do you think our morals came from? How do we get morals? What do we know? How did morals come about? God gave us morals. God gave us morals. So, who are we to change morals now? Morals was a certain way 30 and 40 years ago, but we don't need to do that anymore today. Well, who gave you the right to change the moral code? Because you didn't come up with the moral code. Man didn't come up with the moral code. God came up with the moral code. But we're trying to change all this stuff up because God don't know what he's doing and God is old. God God is outdated and he need to come up to speed. (laughs) Yeah. That's how they living out there. God needs to come up to speed because that's old. Is that so? <laughs> the devil is trying to get you out of position. 
And he will do whatever it takes to accomplish his will. He will try to confuse you in the word of God. This is why God has been trying to make things clear to you because the devil has confused many people. And so a lot of people don't know what they believe. And and people are talking you out of your stuff because you didn't know what you believe. And you don't know where to find the word of God to say, this is what I believe. So I will teach and preach and preach to you the best way I can to make you understand the clarity in the word of God. And I will pray that God will touch your mind, that they will come and word will come across with clarity because you need to know people need to be saved. To be honest with you, I respect a lot of people that are not living for God because they want to live for God, but they need to know before they start. They need to know the right people. They need to know the right church. They need to know the word is true that you're telling them. Don't get mad at them. They've been led misguided. They've been told lies and they just need to know truth but how you let me tell you something when god called me to start this church the biggest thing that i understood with clarity is he had called me to teach his word with clarity if i don't know nothing else when god called me to start this church he wanted me to preach preach teach and preach preach with clarity because whatever he has done in my life, he has given me the ability to make the word clear. He has given me the ability to bring the word to you so you can have understanding. And that's what this church will be about, that you will get the word with understanding so you can apply it. If you don't apply it, it's just going to be because you don't want to apply it. But it won't be because you're confused. It won't be because you don't know. Because I'm going to teach it to you with clarity so you can know it. Mm-hmm. Somebody's amen. And so the devil is trying to get you out of your position. The devil is trying to rob you of your salvation. And he will do whatsoever it takes to make you just, just begin to compromise, to make you just go off course just a little bit. Do you know you go off course just a little, in, little at a time? Before you know, you're way off course. But when you're starting, you just barely drifted. We've been trying to, um, we've been, not trying, we've been doing it. <laughs> we've been, you know, remodeling our church building. And I remember a preacher told a story about a carpenter that had a piece of lumber and he cut the piece of lumber and the piece that fell off, he took it and measured on the lumber again to cut a piece just the same. And so he took it, put it on the, the long piece of lumber, draw the line, cut it. The piece that he just cut, he took that piece and put it on it and cut it and he kept doing it. When he got done, all those pieces of lumbers were just off just a little bit because he didn't use the original to mark the line. He kept using the latest one. Use the original to mark the line. Jesus is the original. Use him to mark the line. Don't go using something way down the road. Use the original to get your answer. Don't come up with something today. If it wasn't in the book, Way back then, don't come up with it today. Use the original so you can get the right answer. Because the devil will trick you. Didn't he trick Eve? As God said. Did you forget that? That's what he did. He confused Eve. Had God said? And he's still doing that today. And we have to acknowledge what is he saying. Don't let the devil have his way in your life. 
Don't give place to the devil because he wants to take your place because what you have in front of you, he could never achieve. He could never have. He knows it. Misery love company. And he knows that he could never go to heaven again. He knows that he could never be saved. So he's trying to take as many people with him to hell as he can. He wants to take a whole lot of people to hell with him because that's where he's going. Misery love company. Don't sleep on the devil. He's trying to take advantage of you. Salvation is a free gift from the Lord Jesus Christ and can only be obtained by obeying the instructions given to us by the Lord. In John chapter 3, verse number 5, the Bible says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus has offered us a free gift of salvation. But don't we have to do something? You ready for another one? Acts chapter 16. Look at verse 30. And brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? This is somebody asking straight up. If, they ask, if somebody asks you that today, what are you going to tell them? I got to get saved. What must I do? There's a lot of people, and you have heard me say this some, you know, years ago and still say it. There's a lot of people that's been in church a long time. If you ask them, how can I get saved, they can't tell you. How, what must I do to be saved? Well, I'm going to help you. Write down this text, put it in your pocketbook, do something with it. Hold on to it. These scriptures that I'm giving you right now, hold on to them. Memorize them because you will hear different things about being saved and those won't be, won't be the thing. So, 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 so look at it. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And people stop right there. Uh-huh. It's okay to believe. You're supposed to believe. But you don't stop there. It says, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. Uh-huh. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and baptized he and all his house straightway. If we don't know nothing else, we know this. If you ain't baptized, you ain't saved. According to the word. Now, I know there's people that's baptized that's not saved. I got it. I'm not going down that road yet. I'm just saying, you know, if you're not baptized, you cannot be saved. Remember, this, this is clear. What must I do to be saved? And it says... That he took them and washed away their stripes, meaning washed away their sins. Baptism washed away your sins. Now, this is very interesting. That's after Acts 2, 36 through 38. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through, through 38, the scripture says, I brought it back to 36 because some of us apostolic only stay at 38. Don't stay at just 38. There's more that you need to understand before 38. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, it says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, 
whom you crucified or whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. If you study out the word Lord, it means God. And then if you study out the word Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. So the Jesus that you have crucified is what the apostles say. The Jesus whom you have crucified is both God and the Savior, the Messiah. That's who you crucified. Now, love this. This is very good. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Let you in a little secret. As a preacher, I understand that when people really want to get saved, they'll get saved. I don't have to talk you in it. I don't have to prod and try to do anything. Because when people want to get saved, they ask you. You don't have to beat them in the head. You better go get saved. Usually those people don't get saved. They get, you know, wet in the water and come out and just keep living their life. But people that want to get saved, once they hear that they've done wrong against the Lord, they say, how do I fix that? How do I correct my wrong? So a lot of people come to the house of God just to feel good. Lord, help me. There must be a balance. Let me say it this way. A lot of people come to church because they say they need encouragement. And I'm sure that you do get encouraged. Praise and worship, y'all was fantastic. So I know people got encouraged for the praise and worship. But if all I preach to you is to encourage you, I'm not helping you some. I'm not really helping you. If all you come and hear from me is good, encouraging preaching, you are just going to keep on going to live how you want. And when you feel bad, you come in the house of God. I preach something that makes you feel good and you go back out and you keep repeating the cycle. So it's not fair for people to be putting out there. Oh, you need to preach an encouraging word. Well, the word is encouraging all the time if you look at it the way you need to look at it. But the point is, I am going to preach some things that you're not going to like. I'm going to preach some things that are going to convict you. I'm going to preach some things that you're going to say, oh, my God. I'm going to preach some things that you just want to leave. But it's okay. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. I don't know any perfect person. I don't know any perfect person. And if you're a good parent, you tell your kids stuff that they don't want to hear and they might not like, but you tell them anyhow because you love them. And God loves us and he's going to tell us what we need to hear, whether we like it or we don't like it. But he loves us and he want to save us and he's going to tell us truth. So some days you're going to come in here and feel like, man, I didn't get encouraged from the word, which you should because I'm going to end by trying to encourage you to do what I preach to you. But you still got to realize there's some mess. Part of the message is that's going to make you feel like, oh, Lord, I got to get it right. And you're right. You got to get it right. This is the word of God. This is not my word. When I get out of the book, then you can tell me, preacher, that wasn't in the book. Verse 38 said, then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Um, it's interesting that I've been stating my, my preaching career on it. 
that if you can find someone that ever got baptized in the title slot of the Son of the Holy Ghost, I'll stop preaching or I'll give you a thousand dollars or whatever the case may be. And so sometimes you're talking to people and they won't get the oneness of God. And then that's what you got to tell them. Okay. You locked into what you locked into. I probably can't convince you. But find someone that was baptized in the title slot of the Son of the Holy Ghost. Don't show me the scripture that tells me what the scripture said. Don't show me the scripture that says, go ye therefore into all nations, preaching, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I can break it down, but let me just give it to you plain like this. If that's right, the apostles are wrong and they need to come out of the Bible. If God told them to go and baptize in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, they certainly didn't listen to him. They didn't listen to him. They went baptized in Jesus' name. So I want to know why we still reading this book, because it's messed up. Because the apostles went and did something different from what Jesus said. Well, so a lot of people think. We know that's not true. So sometimes you just have to point that out so people understand i know you've been locked in in the tradition of the trinity where trinity is not in the bible if you go and you study the word trinity it came through the belief of catholicism as a matter of fact i will tell you this man i hope nobody don't come after me um, by saying this the muslim religion was started because the Catholics started the word or the work Trinity. You know why? Remember the Muslim faith started by a son of a man that believed in one God. So when he left where his daddy Abraham was, he went to Arabia. And he wasn't in his daddy's house anymore. So he started doing his own thing, but he never let go of what his daddy taught him when he was little. One God. So the Muslims started their faith believing one God. So when the Catholic came about and says Trinity, that's where, you know, you hear about holy wars and all that. The Muslims and the Catholics were fighting. It's not had nothing to do with apostolics. It had nothing to do with us. The Muslim decided, you frauds. By saying there's three gods. There's only one God. And we just like, well, we don't have nothing to do with that. We always known that. And because the Catholic was kind of like the superpowers, you know, they, you know, government and everything fell under that. They was making everybody believe that the Trinity is legit. So where we got affected by it is we only believed in one God, the really true and living God. And so we had to start hiding to have church. So that's how it affected us. But we never had anything to do with holy wars and all of that stuff because we believed in one God and we never fought with nobody on that. We just lived it out. But then when the Roman government decided we got to monopolize this whole thing here, we're going to start this thing. And that's where purgatory started and all that stuff started and all that stuff. And so all of that went on. But that's in Bible studies. I got to teach you all that in Bible study. I'm, I'm preaching this morning from the word of God and I don't want nobody coming after me. I'm probably going to need you all to watch my back now. My Lord. Salvation is your own concern. Somebody say, salvation is my concern. Salvation demands effort on your part. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is not of works, 
but it must be worked out. I told you a lot of people got nervous before what I just said. Stuff that I just said, not good for a lot of people. A lot of people nervous about what I just said. But it's okay. I'm preaching truth. And it's not my word. If a lot of people like T.J. Jake, some got issues or whatever. But I remember one thing that I will never forget that he did. He was on Oprah Winfrey's show one time. And she was asking him questions. And she was trying to get him to say something. And he kept saying to Oprah, this is what the word of God says. It's not my word, Oprah. This is the word of God. And if I didn't take anything from Jake's, I took that. I made sure I made that a mental note of that, that whenever I talk about the word of God, I will not tell people that's my word. And I'm not going to stand up and say, that's what I said. No, I ain't say that. God said that. Now, I love God and I'm following God, so I'm going to apply it. But it's not my word. It's his words. So don't come get mad because I'm preaching God's word. Go find God and talk to him and ask him, why did he make this word come down to us like this? It's not my stuff. It's his stuff. Salvation is deliverance from sin and its consequences. Salvation is admission to eternal life with the blessedness in the kingdom of Christ. Had there be had there been no sin, there would be no need for salvation. Somebody say amen. If there had not been for Lucifer who thought he could be like Jesus, if it had not been for him, there would be no sin and there would be no need for salvation. But having sinned, man has lost his likeness to Christ, his love for God, his life with God. And God wants to reconcile man back to his original state, which is his likeness to God, his right relationship with God, fulfilling his purpose for why God created him and conformity to the mind of Jesus Christ. Man cannot make this happen of himself. He must follow the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ to obtain salvation. We can't be saved if we don't follow the word of God. Salvation is a gift from God, but it demands effort on your part. Too many people think that I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart and now I'm saved. And no more work is required after that. To work out our salvation, we must submit to the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Christian life is a series. Well, some people think the Christian life is a series of ups and down like many of us thinks today. But not true. It is rather a process of ins and outs. God works in and we work out. Cook. I told him this morning, I'm not going to keep y'all long because some of y'all know this stuff, but it's things that need to be reiterated. I told him this morning, we frauds, when we start saying that I'm righteous or I'm holy or I'm saved, I don't care what y'all think. I ain't got to show y'all nothing. We frauds. Frauds. The food that you eat, you will know it. It don't stay in you. Got to come out. Whatever is in you, got to come out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said this morning, I says, which one of our fine nurses in this church went to nursing school and became a great nurse and says, yeah, but I'm not going to go practice nursing. I'm just going to hold on to the knowledge. I know I passed the test. I know I got my degree, but I'm just going to hold on to that knowledge and they won't know I'm a nurse. 
Whatever we do in life, whatever we take in, it has to show up on the outside. Stop being frauds and thinking that you can be a Christian, but it don't show up on the outside. Fraudulent. By thinking we can be Christians and profess to be Christians, and it doesn't show up on the outside. Fraudulent. If we're Christians, sooner or later, it has to come to the outside. It must manifest itself. We can't say we're Christians, but it's all inside me. No, fraudulent. We're lying to ourselves or we're trying to, you know, play games. Philippians 2 and 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Work out your salvation does not suggest work for your salvation. Don't mean that. Paul is writing to people in Philippians who were already saved. Did you know that? When you, if you all come to Bible study, I won't have to say some of these things. (laughs) When you, when, 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 (laughs) oh boy. I'm sorry. Don't don't get upset with me. I'm just trying to preach God's word to you and be honest with you. Um, when you look at what we call um, the epistles, the Bible says we are living epistles. So epistles are written to the saints of God. So when you get in Romans and Corinthians and you go to Colossians and you're going through your scripture, all of those epistles are written to saints of God. So to try to take stuff out of there to 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 correct someone that's not a saint of God is not wise. It doesn't make good sense. It's like, can I give you a good one? Let me just say it in code so I don't get in trouble for this one. We like to declare and echo some things that are happening in our world, Christians, that is, like to declare and echo some things that are happening in our world and just driving ourselves crazy about what the world is doing that's so wrong. And my perspective is they're lost. They're sinners. Can we try to get them saved before we start telling them how they need to live? Because what we're doing as Christians a lot of time is telling them how to live and they're not saved. I don't know. That's just me. I stay quiet on a lot of stuff because I'm just like, we want to, you know, sound the alarm on the world. The son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Can we try to save the lost? And then when they get saved, we disciple them how to live. We try to get them saved with what they're supposed to do in Christ. And they're like, I don't even know a Christ. And you're telling me, don't do this and don't do that. I don't even know. I'm a sinner. What do I know? That's how we lose a lot of people and they don't get saved. Because we're already projecting what the world is supposed to be like and live like when the world is lost. They're lost. They don't know that there's one God. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't know they need to be baptized in his name. They don't know that baptism washes away your sin. They don't know that. Can we start with the basics? Instead of telling them you don't do this and you shouldn't do that. They don't know. They lost. So when you read the epistles, the epistles are written to us Christians, the saints of God. So now it's a different ballgame. we got to listen. And so uh, Paul's writing 
to the people was to people that was already saved, which means they have trusted in Christ. They understand that he is one God, God, Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. They have been born again by repentance. They've repented. They got baptized They, they in immersions, in immersion in the, in the name of Jesus Christ and the remission of sin, the infilling of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking with tongues, and they have been set apart for him. This means we do not get saved and go on cruise control and do nothing there after that. When we get saved, the work just got started. Your salvation means because I'm saved, this is what's going on in my life. The verb work out carries the meaning of work to full completion. When it says work out, it means work to full completion, such as working out a problem in mathematics. Uh-huh. We may have taken the initial step of salvation in obedience, but no one is saved until the rapture or the catching away of the church. No one is saved until then. When you are raptured out of here, that's when you're finally saved. We can live a saved life, but we're not saved until the rapture. The Lord Jesus wants us to achieve his Christ-likeness, to be conformed to his image. So he is working in us so we can work out what is being done on the inside. One of the wonderful things about being a Christian is the knowledge that God has a plan for our life. I told him this morning that you can't live your best life without Christ. And everybody is telling you on social media how life is great. And because I know how things work, I know that they're deceiving themselves or they're frauds. Because you can't live your best life without Christ. He is your creator. He created you. He knows what you can do best. He knows what's best for you. He will never make you be less than what he created you to be. But we have entered into a certain lifestyle and think that we balling and we doing this and we doing that and life is great. Bottom line is you have been living. If you think that you're living beneath your privileges, if you're trying to live your best life without Christ, you cannot live your best life. You are you can live what you want to live, but it's not your best life. Your best life is in Christ. I told him this morning, I says, um, ever since I got saved, people thought I was balling. Man, he living good. <laughs> so all I do is laugh because I always say, God always make us look better than what we really are. That's the thing about God, and that's the point I'm trying to get to. He make you look better than really what you are. He make you look like you're doing better than really what you are. And I said, that's how he has worked in my life for all these years. And then he gave us four tennis court. And so now all of you that are part of Christ Center Church, you are, all of you are, all of you are balling. So now when they see y'all, oh, you go to that church? You must be balling. Y'all got, got a balling reputation. Whether you balling or not, welcome to the party. Because you are part of this church, and if y'all can afford that building over there, y'all balling. I get, to, I get to laugh with y'all. Y'all can afford that building over there? That building? And then when people come in, Brother Sharp, and they look at the building, and they come inside, they like the sanctuary, right? They look at the sanctuary, and they like it. They say, this is nice. This is nice. And then when they find out that that's where we're having church, but we own the whole strip. They say, huh? I say, yeah, this is, we didn't just buy this little area. What do you mean? You think we buy a little area? 
We're not buying no condo. Then they look at the old thing and they say, oh, y'all balling. But Jesus does that. That's my point. You live your best life in Christ because he make you look like you're doing better than what you're doing. And everybody look and say, man, what's going on in your life? Tell them Jesus. That's what's going on in your life. Jesus, not you. Don't take no credit. Don't take no credit. Jesus. That's it. Don't take no credit. Work out your own salvation. The first part of the, the, the work is you have to have a will. You have to will yourself. The other part is to be strong and give the effort to accomplish what God wants to do in your life. When we trust the word of God and act on it, then God's power will be released in our life. We obtain all godly things by the Holy Ghost working in us. But we must reveal what the Spirit has done on the inside by the work we do on the outside. Can you imagine when God said to us, I'm going to do something great in Christ-centered church. I'm going to give you all a place where souls can come, where your families can get saved, where more people can come in. And he gives the vision where you can reach the community, where you can touch the elders, where you can have stuff for the young people. And going on and on, and give us all that. And I'm listening to all this, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then we write it down. And then we said, all right. And we never act. We never do anything. We never started praying. We never started our, our reach camp. We, just nothing. He gave us the vision. We wrote it down, and then we just chilled. That's how a lot of people are living for God. God give them stuff, and they holding it in, talking about, I'm saved, sanctified, and the Holy Ghost filled. Let me close with this. 2 Peter 1 and 5, 5 through 10. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness right and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity for if these things be in you and abound they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ but that but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and had forgotten that he was purged from his all sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. You notice it kept saying add, add, add. Who does the adding? No. It says, it says, and besides this, giving all diligence to your faith. You have faith because God revealed himself to you. But he says, now you got to add something to that. Who does that? You got to put some action to that. You got to add something to your faith. It says add virtue. What is virtue? Moral excellence. You got to do that. Then it says add to your virtue knowledge. You got to add knowledge to that. Now God work in you, but you have to do the the, the, the work to show that God has done that work in you, right? Temperance, self-control, patience, long-suffering, endurance toward people. Can you imagine you can walk around talking about, I got patience. But every time somebody gets on your nerves, you just snap. That's what we're doing with our salvation. Godless, all that refers to true and living God. Brotherly kindness means loving your brother unconditionally. Charity, the love of God. I conclude. Let's stand. If you neglect your proper work, think not to blame God. Don't say that it was because of the Lord. 
No, it's because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you don't have what you need, it's because you didn't ask for what you need. Somebody say amen. William Wickham was appointed by King Edward to build a stately church building. Upon completion of the work, he wrote in the windows, this is the work of William Wickham. King Edward then charged him for assuming the honor of the work to himself as the author. He then restated that he was only the overseer of the work, not the author of the work. But that the work made him. He didn't make the work. When we read in the word of God that we must work out our own salvation, the meaning is not that our salvation should be the effect of some hard work that we did, but that our work is the evidence of the salvation we receive. If you have really received salvation, there will be evidence of it. And the evidence come by work. Faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and then we know that faith without works. Our salvation is the work of God, but there are two sides to the same great truth. It is God who work, yet we work as well. So it's both ends. God work and we work. This has always been about God and us. Togetherness, partnership, not God being the genie in the bottle, the, the genie in the bottle, not God doing everything and, and we don't have to do anything. This has always been about God doing his part and we doing our part. It's always been about that. We don't get saved and just say, oh, God is good and we do whatever we want after that. Church, God wanted me to preach to you this morning, which is now this afternoon, to work out your own salvation. You can't just come to church and, and declare that you're saved. If you're saved, there must be some evidence that you're working out that you are saved. There must be some work that follows that you're saved. You can't just be saved and there's no work. We are being challenged by the devil. And here is the big thing I want you to understand. God is going to send people to Christ Center Church when we move toward tennis court that don't have the truth, that have tradition. And you can't let them change you. Whether you want to or not, you're going to be in the battlefield. Whether you will grasp it or not, people will come with all kind of thoughts, with all kind of traditions, with all kind of beliefs. They're going to come to your church. Because they're going to hear about your church. They're going to come in your building and they're going to see what's going on there. And they're going to want to stay. And if you don't know what you're talking about. And if you don't know what you're sure about. And if you don't know the word of God, you can get eaten up and swallowed up. And before you know it, you're in a jam. Because they came in with their own doctrine. They came in with their own beliefs. They came in with what somebody else taught them that is not even biblical, but they came with it. So we need to be right where God needs us to be, in the right position, walking by faith, knowing the word of God, living out the word of God, 
if we've been weak and we haven't been strong, we need to get strong now. I believe that we will get in that building by March 12th. We don't have a whole lot of time. It's just about a month now. And so we have about a month. We need to double our usher team or triplet. We need to triple our greeters. We need to double or triple our audiovisual, our musicians. Just right away going in the building. One of the reasons why we won't start right away is because I want all the ministries to go in and start to figure out how their ministry will operate within that building. So we won't just run in and be like a chicken without a head. We will know what we're doing by the time we open to the public. But we got to get ready. It's not just, oh, you know, you got to get ready. Brother Sharp, I tab Brother Sharp for ushering. Make sure y'all get Brother Sharp on the usher team. We got to start looking around and praying and ask God. Who can do this? Who can do that? Who can be good at this? Talk to people. Don't just tell them to do stuff, but ask them, would they be interested in being a part of this ministry or that ministry? Get people involved, but you got to be in the right position with God. You can't just be involved just to be involved. Because once you're in a certain position, you are looked upon as a leader, which means people are going to ask you questions. And when people ask you questions, you got to be able to give an answer biblically. So let's pray and ask God to help us. He told us to work at our own salvation. Let's not take the word of God today for granted. But let, let the word of God begin to just wash over you. Begin to take roots and grow. And begin to produce good fruit. Father, you have called us. You've called us to your kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, you have equipped us. And some of us need some more equipment. Yes, you have given us the Holy Ghost. And Lord, if we will just trust the Holy Ghost. If we will just allow the Holy Ghost to lead us. If we will allow the Holy Ghost to have preeminence. Then, Lord, we can shine bright. Then, God, we can do your will. God, will you continue to help us to have revelation and understanding of your word. That we can apply the word of God correctly. Oh, Father, I pray that you'll build up our endurance, our strength, our stamina, our will, that we can go forward in you and do your will, Lord God. Lord, I pray that there will be no casualty as we move to the next phase of this church, Lord God. I pray that you will keep every one of us and that we will not lose anyone through this process, Lord God. That everyone will grow stronger. That everyone will be more focused on you. That everyone will, oh God, be stronger than ever before. Our families will be together, unified like we've never been. Our children will hunger and thirst for righteousness and they will hold fast the truth, Lord God, and holiness and righteousness, Lord God. Oh God, help us to stand our ground in Christ Jesus and to live this gospel message, Lord God, with fervency. Oh God, with everything that's within us, Lord God, that we will not compromise in any way, but that we will hold fast and we will be steadfast unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord Father I thank you today oh God will you stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit within us that the Spirit of the Lord oh God will have preeminence I pray your blessing upon Christ Center Church I pray your hands to be upon us cover us Lord Jesus let no weapon form against us prosper 
And I pray that your people, Lord God, will reverence you, will fear you, Lord God, that we will work on our salvation with fear and trembling. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We you stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that's within us. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Uh, Anybody feel the presence of the Lord like I do? There's a sweet, 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 sweet presence of the Lord that you just want to love him. Oh God, I love you so very much. You have been so good to me that I have no, nothing else but to do but to serve you. Oh, God, I can do nothing else but to just love you back because you first loved me. I have nothing else to do but to just worship you and to follow your commandments, Lord God. There is nothing else left to be done but just to love you, to serve you, to do your will, to stand on your promises, to trust you and obey you, Lord God. There is nothing else to do but just following after you. Oh, God, let your people experience your sweet presence. Oh, God, let your people experience, Lord God. Oh, Father, the love of God in their life flowing in abundance. As we go from this place today, oh, God, we pray your guidance, your protection. We pray your blessings. We give you praise and honor for there is none like you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, touch Paul Brantley. Lord, give him the strength that he needs that he can come and visit Four Tennis Court. Let him come to Four Tennis Court. Let him come to Four Tennis Court. Touch Paul Brantley. Let him come to Four Tennis Court. Keep him in his right mind. Let him come to Four Tennis Court. Touch his body and give him the strength that he will come to Four Tennis Court. Let him come to Fort Tennis Court. Let Barbara come to Fort Tennis Court. Touch Barbara, Lord, that she will come to Fort Tennis Court. Touch Dee Dee, Lord, that they will come, she will come to Fort Tennis Court, Lord. Touch our online congregation, Lord. Even if they don't move to this place, let them come and experience the blessings of God that you have given to this church, Lord God. Let them experience it, Lord. Let them experience it, Lord. Let them experience it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church is our hour. This is our hour. This is our time. God has called us for this purpose, for this time. God's favor is upon you right now, right now. If there's anything that you ever felt like you need to do for God, this is your time. This is your hour. Right now is your time. This is the most favorable time of God. Now let God's will be done in your life. He said if you will trust him and you will do what he called you to do, if you will step out on faith, he says, I will show you that I am demonstrating my favor. I am giving favor to you. If you will step out on faith, if you will trust me, if you will obey me, this is my time for you. I've shown you my favor. 
and I will continue to show you my favor if you will trust me. If you will trust me, I will show you things that you know not of. I've already shown you what I can do if you will trust me. I will take you beyond. I will show you the things that eyes have not seen or ears heard. Oh, I will show you. I am the Lord your God. And if you will trust me, I will do exceeding and abundant. I've called you to be my vessels. I've called you to be my conduit. If you will trust me, I will do it. If you will trust me, I will be with you. I am the Lord thy God. Hallelujah. Favor in your home, favor with your children, favor in your family, financial favor. Oh, God, the favor of health and strength, Lord God. The favor of relationships, Lord God. The favor of family growing together, Lord God. The favor, Lord God, of just worshiping you in the beauty of holiness, Lord. The favor, Lord God, of the Lord is upon us. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. It's not that we deserved it. It's not because we deserve it. But God, you know just what you're doing, and we're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. In Jesus' name. God bless you, church.